So since that last intro was a bust, nobody will ever hear it <laughs> unless we get to like our 500th episode and then there'll be a special edition for that. Uh, we can talk about Ted Cruz or we can talk about dumb food. Uh, please, let's talk about dumb food. So let's talk about what Ted Cruz ate on the plane oh, to Cancun. Oh, no, no. No, no. Okay. So a couple things. So I'll send you a picture. Well, so I got three food items here. Let me switch over to you on the Slack. So would you feed this to your baby? <laughs> I, I would not, no. Uh, people had a good... Um, it's been a crazy food week on Twitter. I know you're mostly off Twitter, except not. Um, How dare yeah, you? <laughs> we're, just, we're just being honest with people. Um, but you can put a link in the show notes to this. People were doing a lot of Photoshops, but apparently... Um, so, like, it, it seems it's one of those things where you take half a beat where you think it might be plausible, but it's um, Mountain Dew, Baja Blast, Gerber baby food. But yeah, the, think... the, the, new, the new housemate needs to be a little older before I subject her, her to any of my weird uh, food and drink habits. I mean, I think the Ferber method is all about not introducing your kid to uh, Mountain Dew Code Red until they're 24 months. <laughs> Something Ferber, like that, yeah. Ferber's a guy, right? Right. Is he the one that just says, let him, let him cry this and to sleep? That Ferberizing, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Learned that from Modern Family. Um. All right. So we're both kettle chip people, and apparently, Ooh. so uh, Cable Sasser, who is the one of the co-owners, co-founders of Panic Software that makes Transmit and a whole bunch of cool Mac stuff, he his Twitter beat is um new and interesting foods. So apparently, there are three okay, new. I'm now following him. Thank you. Oh, he he's he's just a cool dude, no matter what. But he he um. Oh, and he also tried the new McDonald's crisp, uh, spicy chicken sandwich, which we'll get to in a minute. But oh, uh, yeah. But so he showed three new flavors of kettle chips, and these are the crinkle cut variety, which there are not many of. I think I've only ever tried the spicy queso. Real real time follow up. Yeah. New new look for all three bags, but only two of these are actually new flavors. Well, yeah, same great taste. Mm hmm. I just, I just, I'm just saving you from the, from the email. Oh, sure. I think only your email's on file with me, though. <laughs> I don't know if you have a who is privacy set on the, on the domain or not, but yeah. So, I mean, uh, crink, uh, kettle chips are always good. And since nobody's flying anymore, uh, you don't get to have them on planes. So you have to buy them for four twenty nine at, uh, at the Whole Foods. So I will be on the lookout for the truffle and sea salt one. I feel like anytime something is uh habanero flavored, it's usually a gigantic letdown, so I don't think that's going to be worth the the gamble. That's the one that I would be more interested in. I mean, truffle and sea salt, I'm sure there's nothing bad about that, but the habanero lime, I'm I'm very interested in trying that. Yeah, so let me know the next time you do your um, your curbside Whole Foods. I will. Uh, what else did we have? Um, have you been involved of in, in any of the uh, corporate chicken sandwich wars? <laughs> or are you aware of what this is or the arms race we have around uh, chicken sandwiches? I'm, I'm Switzerland when it comes to the chicken sandwich wars, Carlos. But you're aware of what the conflict is? Uh, is, is, or, it just, the... is, is it just that everybody has a chicken or spicy chicken sandwich now? Basically, so I mean, a quick history. It started with Chick-fil-A. That's, uh, that's a problematic, right. terrible corporation. But they had a, what I would say is a... 6.2 out of 10 
spicy chicken sandwich. But when you take in the uh, homophobia and um, Republican law, uh, lobbyist contributions, it probably takes it down to like a 4.5. <laughs> Fair. Um, and then Popeye's had a kind of a revitalization uh, of their whole thing. Was theirs the one that was like hard to find for it a while? Was, like back was... in the much, much slipper times where that was like, like a late big story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe, and I don't know why this is burning my brain, but friend of the show, Mike Isaac, uh, described it as a chicken sandwich that, quote, slaps, because that's the thing <laughs> that young people say. Um, but yeah, it was really hard to figure that out, and people were chasing uh, the Popeye's drops. And mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like a new pair of Yeezys. Yeah. <laughs> um, surprise, you know what that is? The drops? No, Yeezys. Uh, the, it's a shoe, right? Yes, yeah, made by Mr. Kanye West and the uh, uh, Adidas Corporation. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, yeah. proving that you know, like, 25% of everything. Those are good odds. I'll take that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the um, uh, Popeyes, they had a very, 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 very good chicken sandwich. And I think that one probably ranks, uh, ranks as like, or rates as a 9.2. And is that, that's not still like hard to get now, is it? Like you can No, just... no, it's, it's, it's very, very, very available. Um, okay. Availability here, like it, it to hyper-localize. The closest ones to us would be either... Rohnert Park? Well, that's far, but it's probably the easiest logistically. There's one in Berkeley, one in Richmond, one on Divisio in uh, San Francisco. But Rohnert Park, it's, oh, it's a right. very easy 26-mile drive. Don't yeah. ask me how I know that. Uh, <laughs> You mean it's because it, it's one of the seven places you've been the last six Oh, you, months. you mean I, I don't ever have to use a Google voice search for it? I just tap on Google Maps on, <laughs> Most on the I drive screen of my car. It's, it's just always one of the top five um, Google Maps search results. God, I was, I was, I mean, the, the Tesla navigation system, you know, works similarly. And I was looking at that the other day when, I don't know, I was probably going to the grocery store. And these are the um, only seven places I've been in a year. It was because I think, I think it actually, sh- I think it shows you the, the not maybe not the date but like how long ago it was that you went to last each location and it was like yeah the top six entries had covered like the past five months or whatever yeah Ugh. checks out uh so anyway yeah uh, popeyes is amazing so, but there's been a whole lot of uh fast followers in this space so wendy's has always kind of been out well actually so a few things one i have uh We'll get to follow up on the Apple Watch thing, but I've I've been on a health kick, or I've I've found some consistency in running and trying to be healthier. So I think my Popeye's days might be behind me. But I will give you a link for the show notes from the Times. Uh, so yeah, quote: uh, McDonald's joins the fierce fight for chicken sandwich supremacy. And as we just discussed, Cable Sasser uh, gave a very very positive review to the sandwich. And I think I might just have to forego eating for like a day and a half and then <laughs> schedule uh, an afternoon around this. And then also, see the McDonald's one, I mean, it's an interesting that they are, what is, how, what type of company would you describe McDonald's as if we were going to make it in the tech space? Is McDonald's the Apple? Are they like the $2 trillion gorilla? Hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Or, or they're like a Salesforce or something. I feel like but they have then, like the the nicest branding too, which would also kind of make them Apple esque. So here's the other thing. Oh man, you uh, okay? So this is also from Cable Sasser earlier today. 
uh, McDonald's has a very, 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 very extensive merch store. Mm, I know you love you some good merch, Carlos. I kind of want this sesame seed eyeglass swipe for 99 cents. <laughs> um, they have a, uh, a Big Mac uh, pop socket. They've got, uh, yeah, this is, this is like every other, this is like the Duncan merch drop, but done like times a thousand. Well, I'm just going to tell you now that if you have a Big Mac AirPods case in your stocking this Christmas, you'll know who it's from. Well, but the problem is that I, I don't have the unprofessional AirPods. So this is for this is for the for the non pro ones. Do we do you have the AirPods Pro? Yeah, I've got the Powerbeats Pro, which again we'll get to in the running thing, are damn near perfect. And with their little uh with their big ass oyster case. Um and then uh yeah, I've got the AirPods Pro. Uh we need okay, we we actually legitimately need to come back to that. Okay, can you I don't remember things because I'm in it's my a, early thirties now, so can you remind me later? It's a thing in the thing. Oh, okay, cool. Where were we? Yeah, so anyway, uh, so yeah, talk about or uh McDonald's merch drop. Ah, yes. But then we're going to go somewhere else. So this is this is the this is the wild card. Like this is the <gasps> This is like Taco Bell is Samsung. Like they just they they just go wow. apeshit. They just throw anything to the wall. So this uh, is this is from eater.com uh and it's is a chicken sandwich taco still a chicken sandwich and i this is yes. nothing to do with having um strong opinions about mexican food or things like that and i generally have a strong distaste for taco bell because it's disgusting almost all the time but we've talked about the fact that i do enjoy living moss so <laughs> i I'm, I'm on the fence about whether this is worth um gambling my health on like well it's, it's so it's not widely available yet apparently oh it's it's like is it it's well, it's being tested at select locations in nashville tennessee and charlotte north carolina starting march 11th a nationwide rollout is planned for later this year how would this not be at the most beautiful taco bell in all the united states in pacifica california oh not the one in nevada <laughs> 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 the Taco Bell that is literally 32 feet from a Chevron station, a mediocre brew pub, and a uh, hey, hey, hey. and a movie e theater e that hasn't been easy. open in 13 months. Easy with the easy with the 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 brew pub. Moylan's is not good. I I I, I, I find Moylan's charming. Moylan's is one one notch below the I believe now condemned Chevys that used to be next to, um, yeah, what is now Sports Basement. Do you want to know a, a really fun fact about Moylan's? Sure. Um, so that ended up being the last place that the special lady friend and I went to a restaurant, like just with the two of us mm -hmm. before the pandemic. <laughs> uh, we, we, we had, we, we had been to, well, we, we went out to dinner with you and then we, went i think we had, in, the, in the year went to shit <laughs> and then we had um i think one maybe family restaurant experience but but moylan's was the the last one we had been to just the just the two of us <laughs> so yeah didn't didn't quite know at the time that that would be our last restaurant experience for you, well it's now been 
14 months. So <laughs> you might've chosen differently. You mean perhaps? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I do. Th- Never mind. Have you ever been to that hop monk place that's in that same area? No, but that's it's somewhere it's like you know how you always we like whether it's a restaurant or um I don't know, like I guess a restaurant would be the most common example of this where like just a place that like you pass all the time and you're like, "Oh, I should check that place out." And then you just, you know, you never do. Yeah, I mean Yelp is the worst, but I think I looked it up once and it was like just a flat 3 stars with a ton of ratings where it's kind of like a cheesecake factory where cheesecake factory is objectively like the worst where you kind of know what you're getting but it's it's what you're getting is not very good i don't know i would i would try it um so yeah so this taco bell thing it looks like basically like it's a gourd with that weird like gordita thing where actually this looks like a pancake this looks like a pancake that somebody threw some cinnamon on put it on a griddle and then just got some chicken strips from the frozen uh section at target and then yeah, this this doesn't look good. Yeah, the 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 flatbread part of it is probably what I have the most questions about. Like part of me would want them just to throw the chicken part of it into one of those like chalupa shells, but I guess then it's not yeah, it? a variety of textures, it'd just be crunchy on crunchy. Well, so I don't know what a chalupa is, but I just Googled it. And that's what I thought this was. Because I remember, I know there's stuff at, so at Taco Bell, they have like a standard flour tortilla, I think. They probably have like that Del Taco, like hard shell thing. And then I know they have the Doritos Locos mm-hmm. Taco, because I remember trying that in, after driving like nine hours to Eugene, Oregon, and that being the only place open. <laughs> and, and then I thought, yeah, there was this thing where it's kind of a, Kind of like very, actually like very like kind of like Indian, like kind of like a non where that's kind of, that's what I guess is what I thought a chalupa was. But yeah, that's kind of what this looks like. But yeah, it does not look like it's conducive to effective chicken sandwiching. I, I fear that it would get really soggy. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. But with that being said, I would totally try this. Yeah. I'm I'm behind on all this chicken sandwich stuff though. Like of, of all well, so, the places you've just listed here, I, I've I've not tried any of these. So again, the next time you ever find yourself in the North Bay for any reason, just go pop into the Popeyes. Pop in. <laughs> do we uh, do we not live in the? I thought don't we live in the North Bay? Yeah, the North Bay, the part where it stops being the Bay Area, which is the right as you enter Petaluma. Got it. Okay. I think Nevada was also debatable as being in the Bay Area, but anyway, that's controversial. Uh, the home to the world's nicest Taco Bell. No. <laughs> um. So yeah. So go 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 stop at Popeyes. It's it's the best four dollars and twenty nine cents you'll spend all year. I guarantee it. Uh, but then also Shake Shack. They have since well, so the, there have been two chicken sandwiches at Shake Shack. I promise this won't be the whole episode, but it might be. So Shake Shack first had kind of a. It was a hybrid of like a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich and a Popeye's chicken sandwich, but it had coleslaw in it. And that one was mm. Mm, 6.9 out of 10. And then currently they have a semi-problematic, culturally, a Korean fried chicken sandwich, which is very not good. It's very bland. And it's basically like somebody melted down a bunch of like hard candy and coated it in coated chicken sandwich patty with it because mm. it tastes like like a just a pure candy glaze and i would say that's probably a 2.7 out of 10 
I I do really appreciate that your ranking system is down to the um, decimal point. Mm-hmm. That's that's nice. That's that's a that's a good good Carlos like touch. The reason why is, and I don't know if I've already made this a chef special before, but there's a really good um, new podcast called All Consuming from Adam Lascore of Sandwich Video and his photographer uh, photographer friend Noah, and they have this thing where they have, um, and the whole premise is that they rank they rank and review direct consumer products. Um, and this week it was the Quip toothbrush. But they have the world famous hundred point scale, but the joke is that it's basically a ten point scale. So a really good product would be a nine point seven out of a hundred, and I I promise it's funnier than I described. <laughs> is that Quip toothbrush any good? I have my Oral B Pro nine thousand with Bluetooth, so I have no idea. I I have a toothbrush I really really like, but it has like all this wacky smartphone integration stuff that I have never ever used because. Uh, somebody's phone should never enter the bathroom, and that's another thing that I think we talk we've talked about, and I think you don't agree with. Why? Why did you? Why did you get that particular model if you don't use the Bluetooth part of it? Just it, because it's a nice toothbrush, otherwise? Because it was black. Mm, okay, it's very pretty. Got it. Um, you should try the Bluetooth thing one time. Why? I don't know. I bet it's. What could I, I, possibly I bet it's terrible. It? I bet the. I bet the iOS app is bad. But what? What? What on earth could it possibly tell me? How many times you brush your teeth and for how long? Twice a day, times three hundred sixty-five, except leap years. Do you think it integrates with the health app? We we have to find a topic that you're going to talk about because I I have so much health. I wonder if you can do like a shortcut where it's like, hey, when I start brushing my teeth, turn but on you're... these lights. <laughs> because the toothbrush I have already has lights on the toothbrush itself when you're brushing too hard and, t- and it vibrates at each 30 second interval letting so like it already i can't well they all tell. do that i mean i can't tell what it, the what the app would possibly tell you so what is it what does it do when you're brushing too hard it has uh this light uh is it the 9000 pro triumph maybe <laughs> the um, triumph. It, is, it is a triumph um no it's not i have the the oral b pro 7000 smart i got upgraded to 9000 no no this isn't what i have either mine's nicer (laughs) (laughs) never mind but it has a thing uh where the because you have a do you are you a um a sonicare or a oral b toothbrush i am a sonicare person is that the one where the brush head is not circular there's, I don't know, there's five or six different brush heads they make that are all compatible with like all of their, uh, whatever you call the toothbrush base part handle. Got it. And sorry, no, the one I have is the Oral-B Genius Pro mm. 8000. Not the Max though, so I don't even know what's going on. But it's got a thing at the base of where you attach the the brush head where it lights up white if you're doing okay, but it starts uh, flashing red at you angrily, um, like a park distance sensor, if you're brushing too hard. Huh. That that actually seems like it would be handy. Yeah. What were we talking about? Um, <laughs> crinkle oh. cut chips, I think. Oh, because that's why you took it personally. <laughs> Nobody will ever know. So yeah, so... Uh, I feel like I haven't been able to find a good domain for it, but I feel like I might have to make it a website ranking chicken sandwiches. But, you know, the next time I get sick or something. 
not not too sick, but a sick day. Want to start the show? Uh, yeah, I I've clicked record. <laughs> uh, let's do well. I've been talking a lot, so let's bump forward the last carryover. So mm. there's big. There was big late breaking news last week, where this was on Tuesday afternoon, and and uh, sorry, Wednesday afternoon. Spoiler alert: we record on Wednesday nights, and it comes out eventually, uh, which is mostly my fault. Um, how dare you? No, that's, again, my, uh, my, I, I've, I've been hitting defer on the, on the OmniFocus thing to write the thing for a lot. So Apple Pay is coming to uh, the Bay Area transit system, generally served by Clipper cards, and it also is coming to the LA Metro uh, system, I believe, because uh, contrary to popular belief, LA does have public transit, just nobody wants to use it. Um, and it is coming uh, this spring, so just a couple of months away which is pretty neat because one of the things with this, um, so I've been to Chicago and London that both accepted Apple pay for transit, but that's because both of those transit systems, the back end of their transit cards is basically kind of just a virtual credit card. So the Chicago Ventra system and the London oyster card both have kind of like visa behind it. So I'm really curious and I didn't actually do any research on this as to how this actually works because do you do you remember when in like they made like a special a special edition for japan or something where it worked with their transit system but does that make this sound familiar it does um and you know i i likewise um haven't done research which you know i would have done if we actually came better prepared to this show but i knew all the chicken sandwiches I did <laughs> um but you know i i've been you know, obviously, like when Apple Pay was first introduced, you know, transit was one of those things that first came to mind. And I've been jealously seeing all of these different cities across the U.S. and the world um, get Apple Pay support. And I recall some period of time after Apple Pay was out and probably as some of these other cities were were starting to use it for public transit. I want to say that there was some interview with someone. um affiliated with a clipper bay area transit whatever and they they were asked about hey you know is is apple pay support coming and i i want to say the answer was something to the effect of like you know maybe like 2023 2024 but we're actually we're not even sure if it's actually going to work so we're not really sure um so that's why this news is kind of funny because it's one of those things where you know, I mean, Apple Pay has been out for, I don't know how many years now. So it's like, you know, kind of a long time coming thing, but it simultaneously has come a lot faster than, than I thought it was going to. Yeah. Cause the weird thing is, uh, again, it's hard to remember pre pandemic, but, uh, in the late winter, early spring of 2020, uh, New York city was implementing, uh, Apple Pay support by and the way they were doing it was by upgrading all the readers and fair collection that's what i kind of assume is happening here too right so then but then at that point then does again this would all be so much easier if we just paused for 30 seconds and googled it but that's not our style um where they're basically making it kind of like london where it it's basically just a different type of back end because other than that like because there's no mention on the apple website for this that says this only works with like an iphone 12 or newer so i think at that point 
like they haven't added any like type of particular RFID radio that would make it like Clipper compatible. So it feels like it's probably the readers that are changing, but that would, because Clipper works across, I think it's like nine or 13 different regional transit systems, which is why you can use it on well, the Golden Gate Ferry and yeah, you can use I mean, it on uh, right, ETA right. and stuff. Like that seems like a lot of infrastructure to have to update all of those things. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's not that maybe d- does, does a Clipper card just use nfc well yeah because it hasn't changed much because clipper was preceded by the translink card and i think that switched over in 2010 it's and the that's year basically... we moved up here yeah mm-hmm. yeah and that's the um i don't know if i still have my old translink card um but yeah that i think is just nfc just or like standard rfid and nfc are different but they're kind of similar i think well so i guess if it is just standard nfc then then the readers wouldn't have to change and it would just be back-end work. But then why, at that point, then why did this take so long? Well, that's, I, that that's why I thought, I, I could have sworn that like when I had read that that interview initially, the, the primary issue was that a Clipper card didn't just use like standard NFC the way that an iPhone does. I, I thought that was the issue, but you know. I don't know, We should we should actually like, look into this at some point and and do some follow-up and because i I actually am curious how this works um i will delegate that to you okay (laughs) um Um, and not to not to end this on a on a sad note because this actually is really cool news but of course this is rolling out during a time where i have no idea when the next time i'm going to take public transit is I mean, I think now's a good time. Or, I mean, like, I mean, one, as soon as possible, like, that's always a good time. But I feel like uh, now is kind of an opportune time where as things slowly start to reopen and there's maybe kind of like a three to six month period of light ridership while people figure this out, like that kind of actually seems ideal. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um. All right. Okay, we'll talk about fries real quick. Are you aware of Fry's Electronics? Oh, of course. Yeah. Can you tell me what Fry's Electronics is? And don't so, just say a, a, a consumer electronics retailer. What, what made Fry's <laughs> unique? Well, I mean, what made them unique was that each store location had a theme. So, you know, you'd have one that would be themed like a pirate ship, and then you'd have one that would be themed like a castle. I'm I'm trying to remember, A, what our local fries was when we were growing up was it like i think it was in fountain valley and i forget i was gonna say tustin but no i think yeah fountain valley i think it was further away than that i think fountain valley i think you're right yeah and i I can't yeah unfortunately i can't remember what the theme of it was because i I think i had only been to it i don't know maybe once and it was when i was you know just a kid yeah i i don't i've only ever been to fries i think once or twice in the bay area and i don't remember the concord one having a theme like i feel like they all did but if yeah it made no impression on me oh um and they you know they had like they, they were a consumer electronics store in a way that like a like a best buy or even like a comp usa wasn't where i mean they had they they were basically like the brick and mortar equivalent of like what we think of as Newegg today where like they had everything like they had you know an entire aisle's worth of like different motherboards, unlike a, you know, a Best Buy or a CompUSA or Circuit City, whatever, who that would, you know, have like 
a oh, yeah. motherboard you could buy. Yeah, and it's made by Rocketfish, so you know it's good. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a, we aren't blessed this way, but what's what's the region that you'd call the t uh, that includes Texas? The South, uh, not the South. Well, Midwest, South. Yeah, but Midwest, but it's down there anyway. Uh, I know the Texas, like that that area, the, the Texas area, um, and uh, the Northeast, they have something called Micro Center. Micro Center, which I think is kind of the, the same idea. Yeah, yeah, it's very much where, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, where I've, I have, ever since I've been a, a Mac person since the, or like a full-time Mac person since the mid-2000s, I haven't really shopped on Newegg um, ever. I do, is it still the go-to place for stuff like this? It is, yeah. I, I bought most of the stuff in my um flight simulator rig um from newegg i remember the draw back when i was younger um in southern california was that newegg had really fast shipping well, to southern that, california even though it wasn't like an amazon prime situation that was the thing where everything used to get shipped out of city of industry and so if you were anywhere in southern california even if you just went with the you know free shipping that was quoted like three to seven business days like you would always get it the next business day yeah that's um, pretty cool but no now they now they ship from a few different locations including from new jersey and, and some other places Ooh. so it's 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 not the same in that way and i think they actually also have um some kind of amazon prime equivalent thing you can sign up for yeah um, i don't know why but yeah but that's the thing where a uh, every once in a while you will search for a product and it'll take you there instead of Amazon um, or B&H. And it kind of feels like it's gotten sketched up a little bit where they're kind of trying to do like an Amazon thing, but not be Amazon. I wouldn't uh, say it's, I wouldn't say it's sketchy, but I mean, I, I, I kind of see what you're saying. Yeah. It's but, like, where it's not, it's not classic Newegg. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, Newegg is still, you know, in, in the way that like fries was where, you know, like, I mean, Amazon has more of a selection of processors and RAM, et cetera, than like a Best Buy does, but still, you know, only a fraction of what Newegg has and like what Fry's had. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Fry's, it, it was, it was uh, like a, like a thing where you could go buy a full, com or you can build like a computer from scratch and they would have oh, that yeah, one weird totally. thing where, where Best Buy, I feel like if you, Let's say like a 2012 Best Buy. Let's not even say like pandemic or like post, like the third time Best Buy has reinvented themselves. I honestly don't think you could build a computer from scratch from Best I Buy. Yeah, I don't think you could. I don't think you could either. No. Yeah, there'd be there'd be something that you're missing. I don't like. Okay. I don't think they sell even like cases. So yeah, oh, no, you you yeah. wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to walk out of a Best Buy with everything you needed to put together a computer. So, I mean, so that, that's that's the cool thing about fries, but also I f but uh, there's been a lot on the Twitter today about it. Where apparently they were also kind of a little bit sketchy um, in terms of employee treatment and customer treatment and stuff like that. But somebody did post a um, an ad or a circular from like 2003, um, and it does it does really take you back where you can get a Panasonic fax uh, fax machine for 9.99 after after rebates and um the the other thing i remember about fries and it, you know I, I wasn't like i went there all the time because we didn't really have one that close by but the handful of times that i had been to one it gave me home depot vibes where in a good way or a bad way 
Um, a little bit of A and a little bit of B. Like, good in that you could walk in there knowing that they would have what you need. Like, if there's any kind of home improvement project that you're working on, Home Depot is going to have whatever you need. Fry is kind of the same thing. Like, they, you know, with electronics, they they basically had everything. But you were kind of on your own (laughs) in terms of, like, when you walked in there with finding what you needed or if you had questions about specific products like every once in a while you'd be able to find someone who was was helpful and knowledgeable but by and large you kind of needed to know what it is you were in like you you wouldn't go in there necessarily just to like window shop like you would kind of go in there being like okay there's these you know four things i need i i generally know where they are i'm gonna pick them up and get out of here yeah that's that's fair although i will say pre-pandemic i would sometimes go to home depot to window shop Mm. Or you'd go there for, or you go there for, you needed some command strip refills and some painters tape, and then, but you would you would take a long time and go go around the aisles and just see what kind of wacky stuff Home Depot had. Yeah, I, I guess as an adult now, maybe you do a little bit more of that. Mm-hmm. Again, Home Home Depot is an adult Toys R Us, but not in that way. <laughs> and also, I think Toys R Us is out of business. So the 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 fries ad that you put in the thing here, mm-hmm. the thing that's. There's two things that stand out to me. I mean, one are the the TVs, right? Like just because they're, you know, eight hundred dollars for a twenty seven inch TV. Um, I had that TV. <laughs> I think that exact same one with the speakers on the side. It was yeah. Uh, but then the thing that actually stands out the most is how much real estate is taken up by camcorders and standalone well, um, like point and shoot cameras. Well, so that's the thing where, again, and everybody posts this all the time, which is that if, if like, most of this page is taken up by an iPhone. Like, if you, if you look, at, look at every product here that is an iPhone, so you have a portable DVD player, a flip phone, cell phone, a TV, a DVD player, a CD player, a standalone camera, um, an iPhone is not a rice cooker, but it could be. That's just <laughs> Apple. That's Apple choosing not to give customers what they want. But, Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that I think that's definitely right. Um, yeah. Anyway, so semi pour one out for fries, except again, sounds like a little problematic, but it's fine. Well, I, I think pour so pour one out for just sort of the um, the <laughs> fondness of or the memories of shopping around in a physical retail space like that. Well, the the like the analogy that I would immediately think of is Blockbuster, where the, as a kid, like I, I, the whole process of going to a Blockbuster on a Friday evening, looking around, picking out a movie, like I have really, really fond memories of that. Now, I will one thousand percent acknowledge that the way that we do things today, where with like two clicks of my Apple TV remote, I can just like instantly rent and stream anything is is way better but there's a certain nostalgia around kind of that old way of of doing it that that i guess this feels like another example of how that's you know kind of going away well i'm kind of still living that life which is that you kind of are browsing the halls except you open the netflix app you scroll for 45 minutes and then you just get too tired and read a book (laughs) <laughs> but um yeah we were we were never a family that that went to the blockbuster because it was too expensive we always waited for uh stuff to come out on like basic cable and it was on tbs or something but i i mean how because uh, like a, a three-day vhs rental like back in the day it's like 12 bucks a lot of money 
I don't remember it being that expensive, but could have been. Yeah. Uh, what was the other part? It's fine. But no, I mean, I, oh yeah, that was the other thing, which is, yeah, as, as you're saying that, like, it's kind of like, yeah, it's the nostalgia for like the same way I assume people cared about like record stores and things like that, where it's just kind of, it's a thing that it's kind of better that it doesn't exist, but it, it definitely had its place in time where, you know, it's kind of a bummer that the, the new generation will never know what that is. They just go to an, they just go to the Apple store every two and a half years and they pick up their new rectangle and that's it. Where it yeah. used to be, used to be something different. And I think actually, you know, the other part of um, this Fry's ad that I'll I'll put in the notes is this is a, um, I guess, like a, a Black Friday ad. Maybe. Or, or it's got Christmas lights in the background, I think, maybe. Well, it says Happy Thanksgiving from everyone at Fry's. So I, I assume it's a Black Friday or, or thereabouts. Oh, well, they weren't open on Thanksgiving Eve <laughs> or whatever <laughs> it's called. Um, and I guess the other little bit of nostalgia is that... Um, you know, kind of shopping for, for deals, like going from, from store to store around the holidays where, you know, for me now that that's just all done online, um, which again, like is way better. And I would never go back to the way that it used to be with driving around from store to store. But at the same time I do, you know, like, I, I guess part of me kind of misses that. Yeah. We'll move on, but the only other thing about this that, because uh, I looked at a few of these ads, is that how, when was the last time you ever thought about uh, like a spindle of CDRs? Because <laughs> I, I used to remember like looking for deals, like you would occasionally get like a circular. Is, it, oh, is this an old person podcast? I think it is. Shit. Uh, where you'd see like a deal at CompUSA for a 50 pack of CDRs that were 52 X and it was like 1999 after rebates. And you're like, Oh, that's a good price. Yeah. Something I, that the yeah, kids will I, never enjoy. I know. I, I had so many spindles of CDRs and then DVDRs and, you know, a couple smaller spindles of DVD rewritables. Cause those were well, way more expensive. Well, but, a, but a DVD plus R or DVD minus R. Well, it, it depended on what kind of burner you had. I think Sony Sony was plus R, I but then it was like Samsung was mine. I don't. I there was certain brands that that did one or the other, and then there were other brands that did both, and then they kind of eventually all started doing both. But then some supported dual layer DVDs, and then others supported single layer. Yeah, but if you had a if you had a Panasonic drive, it supported DVD RAM, which what even was that? <laughs> Is that a laser disc? No, <laughs> a laser disc is the thing that our Spanish textbook came with in the seventh grade, where I was the only one in the class that knew how to operate a laser disc player. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got you need you need to write down all these uh, old nostalgic memories so that when your your kid's seven and she's trying to figure out how to use a CF Express card or something, you can explain <laughs> how the hell that was. 1.4 4 megabyte three and a half inch floppy disks and how there's that little tab that you'd have to switch otherwise you couldn't write to it there's actually one other quick thing on this fries ad that mm -hmm. i want to ask you about is to, to, to quiz your old technology memory here sure there's two different dvd players that are on this ad uh, is this uh picture one or two a uh, picture one okay so one one's just a player and then one's a recorder and a player which quadrant is this? Uh, kind of seven o'clock, kind of lower. Okay. 
left hand side. Yeah, yeah, one twenty nine and fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. Um, what what did progressive scan mean? So back before, do you do you know what ten eighty i and ten eighty p are? I do. So it's what the p means. So which is it, like more interlaced frames video. per second? No. Oh, so the no. What, so like CBS when it's not compressed to hell by Comcast broadcasts on ten eighty i. Which means yes, you're getting thirty frames a second, but what's what's ten eighty divided by two? Five hundred and forty. So only five hundred and forty lines are being drawn every other second. So that's why ten eighty I versus ten eighty P video is ten eighty P is kind of up until four K was kind of the gold standard because ten eighty I the reason why ABC and ESPN and Fox in the early days said they wanted to do 720p was that it was better for sports because since progressive images were drawing the entire picture every frame as opposed to only drawing half the lines every other frame, it was allegedly better for motion. And that was kind of horseshit, but um, that's what that means. So progressive scan meant that if you had a DVD player that was giving you 480i video, it would use an algorithm built into it to try to fill in those lines and do what's called deinterlacing. Got it. And did that, did that actually make any difference? Uh, no, it, it was okay. it's also, it's kind of the, th it's similar to, I mean, it, it kind of did, but again, you were playing it on like a 32 inch Magnavox or like so, some kind of like crappy rear projection TV that was the size of a small boat. Hey, you could have been playing it on this 42 inch Hyundai Plasma tv 1449 no rebate required <laughs> i forgot about edtv oh man uh, that's pretty good that was before high definition where it, it was using is it a European four is standard. it 4 480p is that it was 480p or 576p which was a european oh. standard huh. it was a similar when uh fox uh back in like 2005 when they weren't really ready to because i remember uh 24 which is a bad show was one of the first tv shows to be uh broadcast in high resolution widescreen digital tv which meant it wasn't hd but it was slightly better than standard def it was very sketchy since we've turned this into like an old Just man old tech stuff? podcast sure, sure um i have really fond memories of i guess this was like 0809 being an early um hd cable subscriber uh, in santa barbara i guess that would have been cox right mm -hmm. um and they, they were pretty good about rolling out new channels in hd like over time like there was a 12 to 18 month span there where it was like you know every couple months it'd be like a new batch of channels would be supported with with hd for the first but time and it was like super exciting whenever a channel that you regularly watched got added to that list and you could start watching it in hd it was the best but there was a big there was a big plus with that sometimes is that in the early days of high definition video that these young whippersnappers won't remember is that because of bandwidth constraints and broadcaster laziness uh they would give you the east coast feeds oh you know they, what i remember that yeah they, they didn't want to double up so that was the way they because uh, viacom and comedy central were like hd who cares about this so you could watch the daily show at eight o'clock so you were able to live on an old person's schedule although like, now and, now we now with all these streaming services it's like shows that come out on a friday or you know posted at i don't know 
8 a.m. Pacific time on a Friday. No, because H, uh, H, uh, what's it called? What's the thing that AT&T owns? Uh, HBO Max. Like, because uh, I watch, um, the only thing I watch on HBO these days is uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. And that is supposed to, quote unquote, air at 11 o'clock on Sunday nights on the East Coast. But yeah, they're pretty, like, it doesn't appear on HBO Max until like 10 o'clock our time. And I can't tell if that's means it shows up two hours late on the East coast, or there's some type of like artificial geo block so that you have to wait for it on the West coast. Yeah. I mean, maybe HBO is a little more old school about that, but I'm thinking of like Disney plus and Apple TV plus, like whenever they have new episodes of a show come out they're I mean, they're out like, you know, first thing in the morning, whatever day of the week they come out on. Since like New Zealand and Australia live in the future, can I go there and is like Ted Lasso season two already out? Probably, yeah. yeah. And New Zealand has a pretty good government too. So, mm. uh, we can close this fries ad. <laughs> uh, but no, I thought that, I thought that was gonna be a fun little thing. Um, oh, this HP camera is three point one megapixels. All right, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's we're, we're gonna we're just gonna. I, I kind of want to. I want to get to the AirPod stuff. Can we skip to that? Where? Oh, okay, sure. And then we're gonna talk about your lock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, let's get to that, too. All right, um, so, friend of the show, I think he's a friend of the show, Roger Quo. He, Ming-Chi Quo, actually, but real people, or his real friends call him Roger, um, has mm-hmm. two sets of, of reports this week. One, I guess, is more like a, a follow-up to the MacBook Pro rumors that have been kicking around for the past month or two. Um, and one of the key parts of those rumors has been that there are actually going to be new IO options or well, not new, but sort of <laughs> a return to some of the IO options that used to be on MacBook Pros. But there's been this big question mark around exactly what those would be. And Quo now is predicting that we're going to get an SD card reader, which is kind of what most people assumed. This meant, and I, I think German um, reported that as well, but now Quo is also saying that these models are going to have an HDMI port. And, you know, again, sort of another example of how maybe we could have done a little bit more research before the show, but <laughs> I'm sort of eyeballing my MacBook Pro, like as I'm saying this, and is it is it thick enough for an HDMI port? I don't think it is, right? Yeah, H- so HDMI, HDMI is not that thick. Okay. Because I, 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 mean, I thought I, maybe I, this would mean like it would be like mini HDMI. Isn't isn't that a thing? It is, and I because like if you'll remember back to a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Sony Alpha One, even that's going to have a full size HDMI port. So it's not that big. Like it, it totally existed on the. Um, the last generation of the old style unibody MacBook Pros. You know what wasn't... I think you know what I'm thinking of with like an HDMI cable is that the you know the the big ass ferrite core? Like the the jacket around it or whatever. Like that's Yeah, yeah. The actual big. port itself is not that big. But the port yeah, exactly. The the yeah, exactly. It's about like but I mean I do I do take your point, which is I think it's a tiny bit shorter than a USB A port, but the current laptops would probably be too too thin 
or at least that um like the the um like the edge of it where it's not like sloped or um whatever uh that's a little bit too too thin right now at that point where it's rectangular for a usba so i i, I mean i do take your point but that's the thing where isn't the rumor here that they're no longer sp- supposed to be kind of that not wedge shape what, what, what would you call it where they kind of it curves in uh well it, it's i guess maybe i'll answer your question by not answering your question and just describing like that's what what the what the rumor is that it's going to be which is the you know ipad pro slash yeah, yeah. iphone 12 design language where you have the you know flat sides like yeah flat side flat sided yeah so the opposite of flat sided right right mm-hmm. <laughs> um anyway yeah so i mean that seems cool again and i and i and re- don't ever read the comments or read twitter but like people are like oh yeah why, why are they why are they introducing an SD card slot? Everybody's past SD cards. Who cares? And I mean, and I kind of do sympathize with that, which is that like, I mean, whatever the next generation Sony camera I might buy in the next two years is probably going to have a, a CF express a card slot, which is going to be entirely different. But I mean, who cares? Like the vast, vast, vast majority of consumer and prosumer cameras right now use SD card slots. And what's it to you? I mean, I mean, it, it, it's, it just don't use it. Like, I feel like that's one of the, in terms of things that don't um, inhibit making something thin, an SD card slot is one of the easiest gimmies. It's like passing a COVID relief bill. Like, what what is there to lose? Right. Um, I, th- I feel like if you were to do a poll of people who were interested in having more IO options outside of USB-C on their MacBook Pro... That an SD card reader and an HDMI port would be like two of the top choices other than the third obvious one, which would be a USB-A port. Yeah, I mean, because like, again, back before people like, I mean, back when people used to go to offices, like having to have like a go, box. Go, and, go to a what? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the people would take out their clipper card and they would go to uh, buildings next to expensive uh, condos made with outside money. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very 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 inside baseball. <laughs> Again, that people in the know know the East Cut. So mm, yes, uh, you know what, Carlos? I, was, I, I never w- thought I'd say this. I I miss the East Cut quite a bit. I was there two nights ago, and I I feel like I, I had to stop because I I usually give you the every six weeks that I have to go down there. I send you the update on the luxury condos that are next to a specific office building. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I, I skipped that, but there's still the, the posters of, um, uh, what is it like cruise something, something ships were here a hundred years ago and now you're here or something. There's like, a, there's like a, like a, there, there was a woolly mammoth here and now yes. you're here. <laughs> no, but you're, but you're mixing two of them, but exactly right. Cause those are the only two I remember something about woolly mammoths and something about like clipper ships or something. Right. Uh, and now you're here. What were we talking about? Uh, the the uh, the new flavors of kettle chips. I think. No, that was three hours ago. <laughs> no, but I, how was this? How did this link up to SD card slots? There's a, a thread great, I'm missing. It's a great question. <laughs> um, I promise I haven't lost my mind, but I kind of have. Um, yeah, I don't know. Nah, well, we'll, oh, we'll, office we'll buildings. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> there was a point. Oh, we we, we no. forgot what those were. No, no. So back in the like, ever since they, 
So usually if you're like in a, in a really old uh, conference, like with a really old projector or you're in a conference room that doesn't have that, they would be like the fucking, what is it called? Like an RGB or an R, like the VGA, like that blue adapter that was from computer. Oh, v- VGA. Talking about a Fry's yeah. ad. Mm. <laughs> yeah. A lot of VGA there. Yeah. Or if you and want now, to get real fancy, you'd have DVI. Well, that's the thing where like it now, ever since like Apple started making these goddamn useless computers with the butterfly keyboard you would have to have like this like um very joanna Gaines type like bin from home goods full of fucking adapters that would allow you to plug the projector that you need to and if your laptop just had hdmi you could just plug it directly in so i think that's the thing where that's actually a really good quality of life thing or just i mean every every i haven't bought a pc monitor in a very long time but i think all of them have hdmi and every TV has HDMI, and most projectors have HDMI. So, right. like again, there's so little to lose, and it's just something that almost everybody would like. So I don't get why not. Like I understand, like Ethernet's too big for the computer, and only weirdos like me ever care that a laptop doesn't have Ethernet, and even I don't care that much anymore. So add an SD card and Ethernet. I mean, <laughs> add an SD card and HDMI. <laughs> do you uh, do you think that? Apple making the decision a few years ago like they did to go all USB-C was pure, you know, hubris slash courage? Or do you think part of the story here has been that they really truly believed that everything was going to go USB-C? And that's probably still true, but like just isn't panning out the way that they thought it would. No, it was based off of them wanting the computer to be as thin as possible and the symmetry of having two uh, USB-C ports on either side was really appealing to them because if they believed USB-C was the future, they would have been better stewards of USB-C. And I think they only ever made two USB, uh, USB-C accessories ever. They made a USB-C to USB-A port adapter and that weird $80 USB-C to USB-C pass-through and HDMI adapter for the MacBook One. Like, if they actually cared and were like, you know, USB-C is the future and we're going to put in the work and try to give you the accessories to make that happen. But no, they they said, oh, fuck it, let Belkin deal with it. And they didn't care. And that's why everything's still a mess. So you're not counting something like the Pro Display XDR because that's Thunderbolt? No. No. And also a $6,000 monitor does not count as credit for anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair. Would you ever buy it? No, of course not. Well, then there is anybody except all of the people on ATP ever going to buy that monitor? I No, I wouldn't think so. I mean, I want it, but I don't want it. I mean, I want it, but I oh, for but for one third the price. And even yeah, that's a stretch. It, it, exactly. Yeah. Again, uh, just make, make an iMac without the screen. I thought we were. I thought you were pivoting this to somehow be about AirPods. Well, I was going to say. So let's go to the other uh, Roger Quo rumor this week, which I don't think he's the first one to suggest this. I think this has been kicking around in various rumor sites for a while now, and the the general idea here is that there's going to be a new version of the of the AirPods, so that the non Pro version, which I guess will be the third version of the airpods we had the well, obviously the first version we had the second version that had uh, the chi charging case and then the w 
two chip, I think. Um, Maybe. And then now with the AirPods 3, the rumor, which I really, really hope is not true, but that's the part I want to get back to, is they will adopt the AirPods Pro design and go with the in-ear kind of silicon-based tip design versus the you know regular AirPods now, which sort of just sit basically like on your ears. Um, I'm someone who really, really prefers the the fit of just the regular AirPods, and I'm not nearly as excited about something that's going to go inside of my ear. But you know, you mentioned earlier on the show that you're an AirPods Pro user, which I th- I think I had forgotten about. Um, and you you like them, right? Yeah, I mean, well, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't sure which question you're asking. I I think we've talked about my introvert buds, but they they are they're worse and better. So here's the thing: they have you ever used them? Do you? Oh, sorry, do you own them and have you used them? I don't own them. I mean, I I have the just I have the AirPods two, I guess the one with the the cheap charging, charging case, yeah. Gotcha. And I mean, I I wear those things. I mean, especially these days now with Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting. I mean, I wear these things easily six to eight hours a day, if not more. Yikes! So AirPods Pro are are better and worse. So the nice thing is the noise cancellation and transparency mode when you're out in the world are very 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 nice. But the problem is when you're on phone calls and you're using them for video conferences mm-hmm. i feel like they're way worse because of the way because there's no good mode to use them you can either have them in transparency mode where it's noise cancellation but it uses the external microphones to pipe in the the your surroundings or you can leave that part powered off and then but the, it still sounds funky and you feel weird because you have kind of that noise isolating seal by the fact that they're now like semi in earbuds or that, use noise cancellation so all of those are bad like because right now i'm using for this podcast i'm using the sony xm4s with noise cancellation turned on but with the way that they i'm not using bluetooth and it's going directly into the xlr interface thingy like it sounds great and i can hear myself and it's all good but the airpods pro when you're on a on a call or a video conference your own voice sounds really weird where it gets really annoying after like 15 minutes and I hate it. Yeah, see that that's that's what exactly what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of the of the comfort level and I'm afraid of how noise isolation or I- any kind of manipulation around outside noise is going to in- affect the way that I use the the microphone which, you yeah. know, that's you know, that's predominantly what I'm using my AirPods for these because days. Because it's because it's not echo that's the problem it's just that you you feel and it sounds like you have a cold yeah exactly right and and i, and I don't like that whereas even though i have noise canceling turned on on these xm4s the i'm hearing myself exactly as i should so it's it's a non-issue and it's really convenient but yeah but i don't i don't like the airpods pro for that but for music and walking around it's better so i don't know but the main thing for me is that 
I like that they have the shorter stems and you can you do the little squeezy thing where you're able to invoke Siri or um, play pause or do any of the controls where that's always been super, super crappy on the first gen AirPods. Like I, I'm never this guy, Carlos, like, you know, this, like I'm, I'm always like, I'm buying the latest and greatest. Right. So I'm never this type of person, but I like, if this rumor's true, like it almost makes me want to go out and buy another pair of AirPods and just have them on hand for when the pair that I'm currently using inevitably die so that, you know, when that day comes, I'm not forced to start using this new design and I can continue just using the current design, which I really, really like. Yeah, I feel like Syracuse said something very, very similar with that. And I mean, that kind of makes sense. But I mean, the, it like the trade-offs, I mean, in your specific case, like, I mean, because I am probably on like six hours of video conferences a week, but whereas some people are doing six to eight hours a day, where I guess it's less annoying for me and the other side, other benefits outweigh that. I don't know. Like I, but again, like just the first and AirPods are really nice where you can just pop them in. And even though the fit isn't that great, the ease with which you can pop them in and out is terrific where the fact that you kind of have to wedge the airpod pros in and kind of get a little bit of a seal and like it there's just there's more to that where it's less less fun so i mean i guess it's it's what's important to you but i don't, I don't know yeah i th- that's a good point the the ease of use definitely seems like it would be better with the current regular airpods design where i mean those things just pop in and out super easily but I do take your point that I guess if we were living in a, you know, alternate timeline where, you know, COVID wasn't happening and I was still commuting into the office and wasn't really on video calls all that often, maybe AirPods Pro or that type of design actually would be kind of what I'd be looking more for because like where the AirPods fall down right now is whenever you're out and about in the world and you're in any kind of noisy environment, like even something like, um, if you can remember back to the days of like, you know, taking the ferry or something, which, you know, I used to do regular AirPods would be kind of hard to hear on the ferry sometimes, especially if you were listening to a podcast or something. And so AirPods pro would presumably be a lot better for that. Um, but I do feel like if you're using them predominantly for video calls, like you were saying, it doesn't seem like they'd be better than just regular AirPods. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I mean, it's an interesting rumor where that that might be going away. I feel like it kind of shouldn't, but who knows? I mean, but Apple's a small, nimble company and they can't really have them any excuse around. They don't really have the resources for it. <laughs> um. <clears throat> All right, uh, before I start talking again, uh, can you tell me about, so when you sent me this photo, sorry, properly tee this up, we're going to talk about smart home things. Mm -hmm. So we both have the August Smart Lock Pro, I think. And then when you sent me a picture of this, I had to look up, what's the, because I remember about nine months ago, maybe, there was a new generation, a new fancy August Smart Lock. Right. And I don't think it has a name i think it's just called august smart lock it's called the august wi-fi smart lock the other one doesn't connect to wi-fi 
it, well, it doesn't directly. Oh, through no. the bridge, but everybody comes. With, okay. Um, yeah. So. so, well, so the other way you can think about these is that we have the third generation August lock. And this new one is, as you'd guess, the fourth generation lock. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna do you know, I'm gonna do something unprecedented here, which we only do. Well, it's not unprecedented because we do it from from time to time. But I'm gonna pull a chef special forward and make this August Wi-Fi smart lock my chef special this week. It's it's, it's really good. Okay. So I'll I'll give you the I'll give you the kind of the the headline feature. Well, so, so so give me give me two two perspectives on this. Give me the I'm gonna selfishly I'm gonna ask for what's what's the upgrader perspective yeah. and then what's the newcomer perspective. So the upgrader perspective is it is way way smaller than the the lock that you and I have the third generation one. Again, if I was better prepared, I would have looked up the exact percentage, but you know, even just using the eye test, like it it's way, way smaller. The other nice thing about it is that the manual unlock and lock mechanism, where it's got this little kind of dial on the outside that you, you know, turn clockwise or counterclockwise. Does it feel less crappy and cheap? It is like buttery smooth. Which is like it's one of those things that like only you know the Syracuses and I guess like you and me of the world would like care about, but like it it really does make a big difference using the lock day to day. Like it's well, the the the, stand, the one that I have. It sounds like you you just um, slapped half of a Campbell's soup can on top of a deadbolt. <laughs> oh, it's 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 terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. No, this is like this feels like the entire lock mechanism is like built into the smart lock. Like it just it just feels like it's a more cohesive unit. It's just really smooth. And it's also much, much quieter too, which is kind of nice. Uh you mean the mechanical locking? Or sorry, like the the U twisting it or the uh like its motor thing? Both. Okay. And then the other big feature um is that the third generation lock, like we were mentioning a minute ago, it doesn't itself connect to wi-fi so if you want access to the lock remotely or if you want to do the like smart or the auto unlock thing etc you need the little you know dongle thing or the little bridge thing the august connect which plugs into your wall has to then be bluetooth distance away from the lock so that the lock can communicate via bluetooth to it and then it connects to your Wi-Fi network, kind of like, you know, like having a hue bridge or whatever. The, this lock just directly connects to Wi-Fi, so it doesn't need any sort of August Connect device or anything near it. So, you know, in our specific use case, this was, this was a really nice setup because we had the third generation lock on our front door, but we have a side yard door that like I'm always forgetting to lock and I'm always paranoid that I'm forgetting to lock. And so we we moved the lock that we previously had on our front door to the side yard. We also have a nice place where we can kind of tuck that August connect, you know, out of sight while still connecting or with being within range of that side yard door 
Whereas previously, we had to have it plugged into the wall right in our entryway, which is like the first thing you basically saw when you when you walked in. So it's like tucked away out of sight now. And we've got this nice new sleek smart lock on our front door. So so yeah, I'm, a, I'm officially living the multi-smart lock lifestyle. So, and I know it's going to sound like a weird question. Can you tell me, because I assume you read reviews of this and stuff, right? I did. So even, you know how kind of on, on uh, the website of somebody who makes something, you assume they're all like cherry-picked reviews and nothing ever is like under four and a half stars? This says after 268 reviews, three and a half stars. So what, what are, do you happen to know what the common complaints about it are slash were that maybe they've worked through? I hadn't noticed that. No, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because I, I think even if you go to the Smart Lock Pro, it has no. That one's three point nine. Weird. Okay, they should. Another thing on Peacock where they would only show you the tomato meter if it was above sixty percent. It's kind of like that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think I would upgrade, but that it, that it sounds like it does address it, it, the like the the Smart Lock. Smart Locks have always been kind of crappy. Like, I, again, I don't think you go to as many Airbnbs, but basically everybody either has, like, the, I think it's called Schlage, and there's also one called Yale, which Yale, I think, is, a, like, a connected partner with August. But August had the novel thing where you could use your existing deadbolt and you don't have to change your keys, which was neat. And the third generation, the one that we both dived in with, was kind of when they had it mostly baked, but yeah, you hit on the things which were still kind of janky about it, which is felt really cheap, and it was, it was kind of a big honking thing on your on your front door. So it's neat that they've addressed those two, and this is now, would you say this is maybe like the first one for, that you can unqualifiedly, I know that's not a word, recommend to people? Oh, totally. And I think actually the way you just described it is exactly right, which is clearly what they did is they took the third gen lock and they you know asked all right what are the what are the things that need to be improved on this and easily the three things that would come to mind would be one this thing is too damn big two the manual locking and unlocking mechanism feels terrible feel, it feels like the lock is broken at all times and three you need this stupid box thing that connects into your wall in order to be able to connect this thing to Wi-Fi. So let's so, let, let's make a new version of this thing that fixes those three things, and that's exactly what they've done. So before I forget, let me let me ask you: What's the battery situation? Because I feel like if they've now incorporated Wi-Fi into it and it's also gotten smaller, is this now like a lithium-ion battery, or is it still like four double A's? That that it, concerns it, me. It's still still replaceable batteries. Yeah. Hmm. I just because uh, if it got smaller, I mean, that's is it still four or is it two? Well, I mean, I've I've only had it for a week, so I've never replaced the batteries. Well, I, but I, does it take two or four batteries? Well, they they came pre-installed, so um, I I it, to me it looks the same as the third gen, which which was four because I have but, mine. With but maybe they're maybe they're triple A batteries instead of double A. I, I I don't really know. Because hmm. I feel like this would be like a thing like a ring doorbell where it just you pop out a little battery pack and you just plug it into micro USB. I don't know. I, I almost no, it, it's it's not rechargeable, no. It, it's oh, sure. batteries that you pop out. Um yeah. I almost wonder if like with the battery if 
the power drain from it being connected to Wi-Fi is offset by the fact that the locking mechanism seems to be so much smoother and presumably takes less energy. Maybe. So before we change topics, I have a question for you. Like I, my, so my lock works fine. My, cause I'm, there's no way I'm going to upgrade this. Uh, like I've just, again, lean times. I'm not spending $250 on this. Um, well, my, so, well, okay. I, I say quickly two caveats. One is that I waited for this thing to go on a steep discount before buying it. That oh, was also a, expressed it. Yeah, it was also a, a an ask of the of the special lady friend who was on board but wanted to wait for it to go on sale. But An ask know. or like a terms of sale where it's like, no, you're not buying it until it's 160 or less. A little bit A, a little bit B. Yeah. Um. So there. So I got it on sale, and then the other thing is that. Well, can you specify for the listeners what the sale price is so they know what a good deal happens to be? I think it was 199. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, and then, the, but the, I think the the more important thing is that there was a there was a place for that third gen lock to go. Like it wasn't like I'm just throwing that thing out. Mm-hmm. Like if if your option is to throw out your third gen lock or try and recoup a little bit of that money on eBay or something, like no. it not not worth the upgrade in that yeah. case. But for me, it, it well, I mean, I, this is the this is the same you know rabbit hole i went down with the sono stuff right like where it's it all gets kind of shuffled around and mm-hmm. that's how you justify the upgrade well, but, so that's what i did here but again you also have a problem problem with your sono situation what's 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 the problem with my sono situation you need a bigger tv oh don't do that to me i know uh syracuse keeps saying that the they finally made a change to the panel because yeah that, that sound bar is pretty big um it's it's huge <laughs> it's pretty big depending on yeah. the angle it looks bigger than the tv <clears throat> yeah um okay so i'm actually this is an unintentional amazing segue that i'm going to do so we're going to tr- smoothly transition from the august smart lock into apple watch running stuff and then we're going to get out of here um i need your advice so i have when when would you ballpark? Because I think I got the smart. I think you bullied me into the smart lock a couple months after you got it. So how long have I had this then? Two and a half, three years. Yeah, I mean we've been in this house going on three years, and I I think yeah I think we got ours not too long after we moved in. So the smart keypad has mm-hmm. been insanely unreliable for me. Oh, that's too bad. Do I just have like so? And, and I've been chatting with their support, where because I I know it only has a one year warranty, so I don't know what I'm hoping for, but I don't want to like I don't want to spend sixty dollars on another one just thinking it's like just a product that has like a two or three year lifespan. But it will frequently just not respond to codes, and I don't want to either have to open up an app on my watch or dig out my phone or do something if I have like groceries and I'm trying to get my house. So I don't, do I just have to suck it up and pay 60 bucks and buy another one? Like, I don't know what my solution is. Yeah, that's, that's bad. I mean, we, we've talked about this before when talking about August, which is, and I guess this, this applies to any of these smart locks. Like the, the keypad is a requirement. Like mm-hmm. I, 
Well, because that's, that's the fallback for the it for the auto unlock thing working 87% of the time. Totally. Well, and also like giving out, well, not very, <laughs> not very applicable anymore, but you know, back in the days when sure. people used to come over to your house and stuff, like giving out codes to those people, like, um, the, the, the keypad may as well just be bundled in with the lock itself. I mean, it, it's such a critical part of having a smart lock that like, there's no way it's, it's, it's your hide a key rock. It is. Yeah. Like I, I, there's no way I would ever have this smart lock without a keypad. So your situation where you've got a flaky keypad, that's, that's no good at all. Um, well, because this, this isn't even like the, the Christmas situation, which I don't remember the episode number, but where I got locked out of my house, like in this one, it's like, I still ha- I've never had a, because after the Christmas situation, don't be creepy, nobody do anything, but I now have a hidden key somewhere, but like I've never been locked out, but it's annoying enough where I don't trust it. And I know you are very trusting of the auto lock function, but one of the things about the keypad that I do and that I like is that you can just press the August button uh, and that will force the door to lock immediately. And right now that works 37% of the time. God, that's, and that's, unlo- that's But bad. unlocking works 72% of the time. So I, I don't like it's, it's, and now that I've, so yeah, tell me what to do. And then we'll talk about leaving my house without the phone for runs. Do I just have to spend 60? Like, cause I like it's, it's outside of warranty. So I keep like doing all the troubleshooting steps that they give me over support to like, Oh, Hey, take out one of the AAA batteries. And then that will reset the Bluetooth. And it did work better for a couple of days. And then it doesn't anymore. So I don't know, like they're under no obligation to fix it, but I feel like they kind of should. I don't know. So there have been various things that have been flaky with our August lock. The auto unlock, you know, is it can be a little hit or miss. One out of 10 uh, times you'll get the thing that says auto unlock. It gives you like that paragraph of why auto unlock just doesn't, just gave it, <laughs> gave in the tell. It, it seems to work quite a bit more reliably than that for me now but but still not 100 percent. and you know auto lock also i think works really well but but can you know it can it can fail every now and then but the, the keypad's been the one thing that has been totally rock solid for me so um yours being a bit iffy is not something that i have a you know I guess a great answer for because I haven't experienced that, but you need to have a working keypad to have this whole setup work. Um, although the real shame of it is that what I ideally would be able to tell you is that for your you know running situation, you know, just use the Apple Watch app. But it, that doesn't that, work that, well either. <laughs> that's that's like the worst part. That that's that's the single yep. most disappointing part of the August lock. It was the thing that I was, or one of the things I was really excited about when getting our August lock is, Hey, I can go out for a run, not bring my phone. And, you know, just with my watch unlock, you know, my front door. Nope. And (laughs) I mean, my success rate with the Apple watch app is probably 20%. Yeah. 30% maybe. So, yeah, so th- this is the the perfect transition. So with this, 
yeah again so with with running i've been wanting to go phone free not have to have something like because i don't like armbands i don't you like if you're running you can't keep a phone in a pocket so i basically just have to hold my phone the entire time and, I, and i've hated that and it's a distraction so yeah i've been i've been leaving that at home but the issue with that related to the lock and we'll get to the audio streaming that stuff in a second but with the august thing because my phone is at my desk uh, there's no location awareness so there's zero percent that it, it will auto unlock for you which which i get but then the apple watch app once your apple watch rejoins your home wi-fi network like i think so i've gone for five runs in the past week and out of those times three of the times it said sign in to the august app on your iphone to use mm-hmm. and i'm like N- I've, I've used this thing for four years and because the lock doesn't the keypad doesn't work with the lock frequently. It's not that I haven't used the August app on my iPhone frequently. I used it like two days ago. So it's not that. And then when it does, and it does show, you know, like the little like green light, red light, stoplight thingy on the watch, the two times that it did work, I think it only unlocked once. I think the other time it just does nothing when you tap either of the buttons. <clears throat> yeah, one one out of five. Yeah, you're you're exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so I, I, I could play for the A's. With with a two hundred batting <laughs> average, <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, so the Apple Watch is terrible for that, or or the implementation is terrible. So then that means, like, I I have had to again as part of this running experiment, I have had to, like, I'm living in 1973, take my keys with me because I do have um a little like tiny zippered pocket on my running shorts. That sounds weird. Uh, for um like actual like keys, it's not big enough to hold a phone, but it can hold keys. Luckily, I've never had to use them because either the Apple Watch, the Apple Watch app worked once, or the keypad worked well enough, where I haven't had to rely on physical keys yet. But that's not a good situation. So I've had I, the August keypad in my Amazon cart, hoping that there's some like weird flash sale or something. And like if it gets down to like forty bucks, I'm fine with just spending the money to replace it with another thing, and hopefully that one works good for a year. But you could also, you know. Well, actually, two quick things. One is that when I used to live in the city and in the apartment that I lived in, I used to actually tie my key in my uh, shoelace. You can try that. Well, Um, but but on principle, I mean, I I mean, I have that pocket for it. The whole point is that I don't want to like that. That's the beauty part about and we'll we'll briefly wrap up with just kind of the how nice it is to be able to run with just your watch and just your power beats. And for the most part, works pretty well. So the other thing I would throw out there is if you're really thinking about going the alternative, like the new keypad route, you may also just want to think about getting a different smart lock. Because I think when you look around at reviews, I don't think the August smart lock is actually particularly well reviewed. I I think there are some other brands out there that people like quite a bit more. Yeah, I have extenuating circumstances that locks me into the August smart lock. But I think there are other smart locks that don't require you to change your deadbolt, right? I don't think there are. Really? I'm pretty sure I googled this and there isn't. I thought I thought there were. Smart lock, existing deadbolt. Don't fail me, Google. I thought there's at least one or two others out there that... Uh, Kivo Convert? Yeah, something your... like that. Yeah, but I don't but I don't think this was any better. Yeah, we'll see. 
Well, but then, but, but no, but then this, this doesn't have a keypad on the outside. I mean, that's the whole point is that, that if, if somehow the lock fails and also this website for Quisit is doing a, their product images on an iPhone six running iOS seven. So I <laughs> don't have sorry. confidence. Click a command W closing this tab. <laughs> anyway, I, I will probably end up biting the bullet when I get locked out of my house and I have to go find the hide a key somewhere. Um, and, and by the bullet, it's still like 60 bucks. my favorite episode. I'm I'm sorry. I came at your personal expense but oh no it's fine it was only 37 degrees out so i'm very very precise numbers today um again that's that's ranked up there with your uh hamilton no tip as kind of our most shameful and upsetting episodes how how dare you why again i had had finally erased that from my memory and 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 the the orpheum is like hamilton's gone because of the pandemic so you don't have a chance for redemption uh, you, you 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 had your shot and you lost it, or you you gave up your shot, whatever the song is. Uh, All right, so we're gonna round this out <laughs> with okay. So Apple Watch. <clears throat> so I think I had only done one run solo with the Apple Watch last week. So I've done five now, and I've done some testing. So I have both Spotify and Apple Music. The Spotify app only allows you to stream music. Whereas Apple Music will allow you to locally cache a playlist on the Apple Watch. So let me look at my spreadsheet. How how does that? Can you do that natively on the watch, or are you like syncing Which stuff part? over from your phone? Which part? Like if you're caching music. So you go to the the watch app on the phone is one of the weirdest apps uh, Apple's ever made. Um, where no, you go into that. And you like you're changing settings on the watch, and then you go to music, uh, which is one of like literally seventy options in the Apple Watch app, and then you can tell it's kind of like the Photos app where you can say, "Hey, I want these albums or playlists to be actually stored on the watch," yeah. and then it takes forever, forever, to- yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, it's connected to Wi-Fi, so I I don't think this is happening over Bluetooth, but like a forty song playlist took like forty five minutes to. Download? Yeah, I think it. I think that's the problem. Is it is happening over Bluetooth and not Wi-Fi? And that's but why the, it takes so long. But the thing is, the Apple Watch is all like if you swipe, if like if you're wearing your watch and you swipe up, it's connected to Bluetooth. Or I mean, it's connected to Wi-Fi. So no, right. But I think Mar- Marcos talked about this in the context of Overcast. I think any kind of data transfer between the phone and the watch all happens over Bluetooth and not Wi-Fi. Got it. I I don't know why they don't do like an airdrop thing that they do from you know all of their other devices but anyway yeah um so 83 minus so what's what's 83 minus 49 34 so i will generally do a three mile run and then a three mile walk back um so with that if you're if you're doing gps like you're you're everything's on cellular and you're doing gps and you're streaming off Spotify, the battery drain for me has been about 40 to 45% of the watch's battery over the course of about an hour and 15 minutes of total active time. If you use Apple Music and it's cached music and it's not streaming the audio, the battery drain is 34%. So there's far less battery. Like I, I thought it would have been a much different result. Where now, for five to ten percent battery, I, I don't care. I'm just going to use Spotify because I like it better. 
But the interesting part was, yeah, it, apparently it's the cellular and just like cellular being on at all and the GPS. That's the big battery drain. But still, I feel like I need to put my Apple Watch on the charger before I go for a run for this to work out. <laughs> work out. Uh, nice. um, but I don't know, but I, but I really, really, really do like not having to take my phone. And the Powerbeats Pro are great headphones like they don't they don't sound great but like the comfort and the battery life and the on-ear controls like i i love the fact that with the power beats pro you have volume up and down buttons on the top and then the earbud itself has like a little clicky button so you can play pause skip tracks and do all that kind of stuff without having to futz with the watch and because of the design of them they don't ever fall off like power beats pro are pretty great um, so that with coupled with the Apple watch is it's a good setup, but if I were feeling more ambitious and I wanted to do like a 10 K or go for like a longer run, even if I was charged to a, like a hundred percent like that, that's like 40% battery drain every 75 minutes is it's a lot. Yeah, that's, that is a lot. Although I, I'm like you, I'm really surprised the difference wasn't bigger between yeah 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 and like and i and i actually like it kept experimenting i was like hey like what if i start uh like skipping tracks a lot with spotify where it's having to stream more and yeah it never it never used more than 45 percent battery for about an hour and 15 to an hour and 30 outside the house so it's, yeah i mean it it's gotta be it's gotta be the cellular thing because you know in the in the pre-pandemic times like when i used to go to a gym I, if I was on a treadmill, you know, I, I'd have my phone like with me, like just on the little, like in the cup holder or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, you know, I'd be doing an indoor workout and you know, the, the battery does drain a bit more quickly when you're using the workout app and actively tracking a workout, but not, not dramatically. So I would say well, so, but the other part with this is so, but then if you were listening to music or a podcast, the Bluetooth is happening to your phone. So that's the thing yeah. where like, I mean, everything we talked about this last week, like by doing this, I'm using, I'm using cellular, I'm streaming data over it. I'm using Bluetooth to send audio to my headphones and I'm using GPS for location services. So you're using the three most battery consuming parts of the watch all at once so i mean it's a big stress test for the watch and yeah, if you have your I mean, phone you're with still you. talking about like two and a half hours of battery life basically if you had that thing fully charged yeah i mean luckily i'm a terrible human being right now and i, I <laughs> the the first run i went what's what's if you're feeling okay what's your average mile time <sighs> if it starts with a seven i'm gonna i'm gonna find a no way to no the no um I mean, God, these, these days, probably not something. Yeah. For me, if pre at the start of the pandemic, before I had my really rough winter, um, if I was feeling great about seven thirty to eight minutes, feeling good, eight thirty to nine minutes, feeling kind of crappy, 10 minutes. <laughs> when I went on the first run, uh, 1245 a mile, I, the last run I did, I got it down to 10, 10. So I'm almost below a 10 minute mile, but I'm slowly getting it back. But I don't think I'm going to have, um, I don't think I'm going to be hitting the battery wall anytime soon. I don't think I'm going on any, um, 
like five or 10 mile runs anytime <laughs> soon. So that's not a huge concern, but, um, or if I was maybe then taking my phone wouldn't be such an issue, but I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right where, yeah, that's, that's pretty aggressive battery drain where if we were in more normal times where I was relying my, on my watch more where I, it wasn't six o'clock and my watch is still at like 80%, that might be more challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, overall, PowerBeats are great. Apple Watch, you know, it's working better than I expected it to, but eh, a little rough. And August Lock, three thumbs down. The um, the being able to, you know, do a workout specifically going for a run, totally without your phone, just using an Apple Watch. It made sense when the Apple Watch first came out in what twenty. 2014 2015 mm-hmm. um that that wasn't you know really ready to go but that like surely like that would come a year or two later it's 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 disappointing that we're you know five six years down the road with the apple watch and that's still just not like it's getting there but it's still not totally there so what i might try is turning cellular off like i know it's not like and i and i absolutely understand your point which is that it should be better and it shouldn't matter what you're using but maybe i'll try one where it's not maintaining a cell connection where it's using are you sure that doesn't turn bluetooth off or uh gps off i hope not it because because well no because um like if you were to buy a bluetooth only apple watch those have gps right they do but i because I know, I, 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 yeah, I understand your point, though. which is that um, the cellular ones, the big advantage is that it's reliant on the AGPS standard for a faster location lock I, I'm, off a of cell tower I'm triangulation. I'm pretty sure if you turn off cellular, you're turning off the GPS radio too, but I could be wrong. I may give that a try. But again, I mean, that that is annoying for other reasons, but I feel like that might um, improve battery life a lot. I would think but so. I, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, we'll see. I would, stand, I, I would think GPS so. is pretty rough. Hmm. All right. Uh, we should get out of here. Um, yeah, we can save the rest of this unless you have something pressing. I uh, know the AirPods thing was kind of my big thing. So yeah, we will push uh, Cosmic Cider and uh, SpiritWorks for next week. I can't, I can't believe I haven't heard your SpiritWorks review yet. We're running long, so we'll, we'll do next week. Uh, as long as you keep it in the show notes because you are the show uh, arbiter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, you already did your smart uh, your smart lock review. Okay. I do you want do you want to do you want to double down or recap? Or are you good? Uh, I think I've said what I needed to say. Okay. I do. I have one. No, oh, I got a lot of. Images I'm, I'm of a little. Cruise. I'm a little sad. It's not. Yeah, the spirit works bourbon. It's complicated. Well, we'll get to the next. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Uh, so a lot of stuff for next week. Okay. Then I have a pick, which is related to the... Wow, this this all flowing together. Related to the Apple Watch running thing. So I use Strava for fitness tracking generally when I am running. But now that I don't use my phone for that, the Strava app on Apple Watch is, is terrible to non-existent. It technically should work, but it just doesn't. It's I don't, I don't know if strava is owned by august or vice versa but there's an app 
called Health Fit, which what it does is it will, it's like a, I don't know what you'd call, like what you describe it as, but if you do a workout in the native Apple Watch workout app, it will then export that to, and like transcode it to whatever fitness app you use. So I don't know if that was the right link, but basically it's four bucks on the app store and that will then allow you to pretend you are using the native Strava app for like your favorite segments and mile times and exertion and all that kind of stuff. So it's really neat and extremely niche, but it totally works and it does it all automatically you don't have to open the app it's just once you touch your iphone again after you've done an apple watch workout just happens and yeah it's pretty cool so it, so it this app is recording your workout data no <laughs> that's the part where it doesn't make any sense okay the workout app on the apple watch like have you ever when you go for a run or back when that <laughs> happened sorry yeah um, i'm sorry I'll for go for a what um yeah uh is that how, is that how i would get to my office i don't think you can run on muni <laughs> um so yeah do you just use the apple do you like do you, do you have a preferred fitness app or do you just use the workout app i just use the workout app yeah so i mean on that one like that just stays siloed away in the what used to be called oh this is another bee in my bonnet what used to be called the activity app, which is now called the fitness app and got redesigned to be way worse because they're now, tr they had to make one of the tabs at the bottom for fitness plus. So the app got way shittier. I'm sorry. I I'm irrationally mad about this because the easy way to look at your entire calendar of just like, Hey, how am I doing for the month with fitness? It now takes three taps instead of one. And I hate it. And it's all because they're trying to sell you $10 a month for Apple One Platinum or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> okay, sorry. Anyway, so uh, what HealthFit does is it will automatically take those workouts that were recorded in the mediocre Apple Fitness app or the Apple Workout app and then transpose that data into a format that works for Strava or MyFitnessPal or whatever thing you you use for your thing i think it's mostly is for cyclist people but it also works for runners which is great can you not do this same thing just through the through like health kit like can't you have the workout mm -hmm. app sync to health kit and then also have strava sync to health kit and read the data from there mostly no but kind of yes yes in the sense that it would see hey you ran 3.23 miles but not that here is all of the location data for your run. Here is how quickly you ran. Here's when you slowed down. Here was your heart rate at this certain time. So you get all of that very, very specific meta, uh, metadata. And that gets imported into Strava as though you were using the app itself. Got it. Yeah. So, so very, so, very specific. Got it. It, seem, it seems like HealthKit should be capturing all of that. but Well, it, it does, but I, there's no... This is again. This this is fitness middleware. It it really is. Yeah. Well, no. That's, it, true. It, that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. 
And it's only, it's only $4 a month, which is much cheaper than a, a MuleSoft contract. 